So I call this pray for us, bracket. You can bracket it, pray for your pastor anyway. But let's pray. We, Father, we ask and we say we study tonight. We, you give us light in your word, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, pray for us. When God wants to help or do something for people, one of the things he does is to raise somebody up. I've always told you in life, God uses men. And the men he uses are mere mortal men like you. Men that have their weaknesses, men that have their issues, men that have their problems, only that they are helped by God's grace. So, what God does is to raise a man up to accomplish his purpose. And we will see that all through the scriptures, he demonstrated it by picking men. He picked Noah, he picked Abraham, you see Joseph, Moses, even our Lord Jesus Christ is a man. The ministry of the apostles attests to it. You see Peter, James, John, all the apostles, even Paul, men, men like you. How many of you have seen a celebrity before that you have watched so much on TV and you now go, you just have to see the person close and you're like, so is this really a man? Let me, how many of you have, have had experience before? Oh, I have. Oh, I have. I mean, there was a time in Lagos, um, um, I saw, in Lagos, I saw Derile. And it was, it was in Landmark. And I was just like, ah. So the same normal way we put his ear, wear those ears, everything. So I was like, so as I saw him, I was like, so this is him. In my head, I was like, so there's really nothing special. Anytime I travel the air, I, I the airport, yeah, I meet, I, I, I meet. A, it's just like this guy, uh, Black Bones. Who knows Black Bones? I've met I met Black Bones in Atlanta one time. I was like, I met this guy that has leg problem, Vitonimi. I've met I used to meet a lot of all these celebrities. I met Mr. Ibu before in Abuja. I've met all of them. I was just like, so they are they are actually human beings like you. They trek, they do everything. The closest is I used to think when I was much younger, I used to think that men of God are like that's how I many of you you heard that someone I thought on. Um, the man God uses, and I and I explained the way I I used to think about men of God to you. I mean, if you remember that, too. I, when I was much younger, they say where I used to look at pastors, men of God, and I felt like my Lord Jesus, like I, because I used to see that at the back. So if I get closer, maybe it's anointing time, and they want to anoint you, or it's Thanksgiving time, and they are trying to maybe. The box of of offering is in the front, and you have to dance, and you see the. So that I do is to go. I remember I went to one man of God. That one, that man of God came from Israel to our church. Imagine from Israel to our then. <laughs> to our church, and the man ministered the demonstration of the things and power, different things. Ah, I went to the front of the and our our pulpit then was gated. You know when they put iron close so you can't just enter <sighs> i was so you know when they say you are so dazed so in her i just ran to the pulpit i just went to talk to him i say i love you sir please can you give me your art like you know this jewish rabbi uh cap i said please because i saw that he was giving people 
people that you just spot them and say, you, take this. I was like, ah, hey, I went, I just went to you. I was very young. Please give me this heart. Give me this I was, he just said, no, no, bless you, brother. Ah, I was like, why does men of God used to reject me? And that's not the first rejection I've gotten from a man of God. So he used to feel like, why do men of God used to reject me? Why? Why have they never seen good me out before? What happened? What is is it that God did not call me? <laughs> so I I had this this I, the way I can explain it is in God. I explain it to when a man God uses you listen to it. You do it again. I just had this like they are Jesus. Like they don't even go to toilet. They don't they don't eat. They don't sleep. You know. They are just awake 24-7 talking to God. There was a day I went to my pastor's office then in, in, in Nigeria then many years ago. And I saw my pastor making call. And I felt, ah, why should you be calling? I mean, I, mean, I just mean, why should you be calling? You should be calling God. <laughs> that was what I thought. It was like, so me and Soji, we went to a meeting, we were trying to discuss how we want to, he was on the call and said, give me a minute. I, I just feel like, with all the grace on your life, people are calling you, you should be calling God. Till I hear Pastor Debuye said, I made a phone call. Eh? So Pastor Debuye can make phone calls, so Pastor Debuye have a phone. This when it, that's when it started dawning on me that, oh wow. Men of God can actually have phones. So me, I thought it's sinners that have phones. Don't worry. <laughs> I think I'll mission this possible. I have some things to share with you. <laughs> I want this to share with you. Don't worry. I can't express my this is the only way I can express my fullness. Mission is possible. I think I'll be I'll be ready to express my fullness. So I just felt like these guys are not men. And that's the fallacy we have. Or the delusion that many of us have that men of God are gods, supernatural beings. That's what we think. But you see, in our Christian work, <laughs> God made us to understand that He uses men. So that means He's, he's a man like you. I remember there was a time my, my pastor was talking to us, we, we, we pastors, and he said something. He said, Don't let people deceive you, pastors. Who, you know, say you are pastor. He said, When you're in the restroom, you know yourself. We say, It's true, sir. All the world will laugh. <laughs> he said, People will worship you, say, Man of God, this and that and that. He said, But when you're in the restroom, don't forget who you are when the glory is following. <laughs> and that's it, just talk to me that that's true. You know, but. In God's infinite wisdom, he has now done something. He has now instituted the local church. You see in Acts 2 verse 42, Acts 2 47. So in the local church, he now ordained pastors. He now set men. Ephesians 4 says he gave gift unto men. So that means a man like you is now being given a responsibility, a gift to carry out. And that means he has ordained pastor to, and he has set that pastor over our lives. 
And where that pastor is will will be accomplished on this earth. Via that man, via that woman he has called, his purpose will be accomplished in our lives. And let me tell you, eh, I'll say this very carefully. If God came down as a man, I believe that is how he wants us to know him somewhere. So that means pastors are like God's representatives for our lives. I'll say it again. Pastors are God's representatives for our lives. See, if you find a man who doesn't have a pastor, you have found a man missing it. I'll say it again. If you find a man who doesn't have a pastor, you have found a man missing it. Pastors are God's representatives for our lives. Such that they say, where the writer of Hebrews says, they watch over us. Wait, look at what was who, in the Old Testament. Who was who was that representative of person that they say he never sleeps or slumber but watches over us? God, right? But look at how the writer of Hebrews now says it. He now says, the pastor now watches over us so that they will give account of our lives. Look at what Jeremiah 3, verse 15 says. Jeremiah 3.15. We says we call this teaching, pray for us, right? Or pray for your pastor, anyone. Or pray for pastors. Jeremiah 3.15. Let's open there. Look at what it says. Look at what it told Jeremiah. Are you there? Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah 3.15. I, I really want to take my time tonight... To explain this to us so that it can be really clear. Really, really clear. He says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. We shall do what? We shall do what? Let's read together. We shall feed you with knowledge and what? Is it God who will do it? No. Is a man like you who God has put his grace on that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So you see, that thing we are praying about in Ephesians 1, that my eyes of understanding will be enlightened. My eyes of this will be open. My this and that will See, who would he use to open it? A man. I mean, if you are, if you are following me to this point, let me see your hands. See, that prayer you are praying, that my eyes of... That Pauline prayer, listen to me. Everybody watch me. That Pauline prayer you are praying, that you are praying for your disciple. That your eyes of understanding will lighten. That my eyes will be open to behold the things, all of those things. How will that prayer be answered? It will be answered if you go and sit down and hear a man. <laughs> a pastor. Your pastor. And that's why the importance of the local church, which I'm going to emphasize very strongly this year, the importance of the local church cannot be overemphasized. Every man needs a local church. Look at Acts 20. Acts 20 verse 28. Acts 20, 28. Let's open there. Acts 20, 28. Acts 20 verse 28. I'll wait for you. Acts 20, 28. It says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to the flock, 
which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. Who made? He says the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to do what? To feed the Church of God, which He has possessed with His own blood. So look, look at Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Look at what it says. It says, Obey them that rule over you and submit yourselves, for they do what? They watch for your souls as they must what? Give account that they may do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. So, because the lives of men are tied to them. See, listen to me, everybody. Even as you are seated, because I know in this church we are training pastors. Every Sunday meeting, every Bible seminar, every prayer meeting, every fellowship meeting, cell group meeting, uh, outreach is all for one purpose that you pastor. See, listen, your life and my life is tied to men. Especially the life of a pastor. See, all of you's life here is tied to me. I'm so sorry to say it, but it's the truth. Because, and see, lives of men are tied to, the, to them. And they will often face constant and severe attacks from the enemy. Pastors, <laughs> see, listen, if you think you face attack, pastors are the ones that face it the most. Their emotions, their heart, their, and let me tell you, the devil is very subtle. He will come in different means. If it is a pastor that goes to school, you will just be seeing him in his academic. You don't be seeing marriage, everything, family, business. He will just want to come everywhere. But you know the funniest thing? They can't come to the people that come and say it. They'll be dealing with it. Because they are example to you. So whenever Satan wants to come after a sheep, <laughs> what he does is to go after the shepherd. I've said this before. I've said this over the years. When he wants to come for a sheep, he will go for the shepherd first. Because when you strike the shepherd, you are able to get the sheep. It's like when they get when the thief wants to attack, they will first deal with the gate man. Abi, deal with the security man, then they will not enter the house. Because he knows that when a he knows that a well shepherd sheep cannot be prey to, to wolves. That is why the writer of Hebrews says we should pray. We should pray, oh, we should pray. Men and brethren, we ought to pray. Look at in verse 18. In us is pray for us, for we trust. We have the good conscience. In all things, we need to live alone. I'm coming there. But let's go to First Thessalonians. That's where my emphasis will be. First Thessalonians 5 verse 24. It says, Paul says something. He says, Faithful is he that has called you, who will also do it. Then look at what it now says in verse 25. It says, brethren. 
pray for us. And he put a full stop. <laughs> Brethren, comma. <laughs> it seemed like, let me tell you something. Observe all the letters of Paul. It seemed like he begged for prayer. And this is a guy who told us in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, that I thank my God. I pray in tongues more than you all. So you can't, no, so that means, if you are, if I thought you want to pray, Paul is praying more. I, I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. But it now seemed like he was begging for prayer. Brethren. But the, the reason why I'm teaching this is that many people don't like teaching this, but uh, you know me. me. As far as it's in God's word, I will teach it. <laughs> people, people just say, maybe because the pastor is just requesting for prayer. You know how people think, well, why are they praying for pastor? I'm sure some of your disciples go might have asked those questions before. Ah, this is everything, the first prayer. Let's pray for pastor. Oh, that is why I'm doing this teaching. Because we are going to intensify that prayer this year. That is why I'm doing this teaching. Because if we used to pray 30 minutes before one hour, we start praying like five. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Thessalonians is his brethren. Pray for us. You know, if it is in normal English of our today, that's begging. Brethren, pray for me. You know, that's a lot. That's like, I'm begging. Please, pray for me. Paul, he said, pray for us. And he mentioned, look at what he did. Look at it in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4. 2 4. Look at what it says. It says, but we were allowed of God. But as we were allowed of God, be to be put in trust with the gospel. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God. We try it our heart. Look at what Paul was saying. Paul was talking about it, that. The, look at what. Look at how he started. He says, "We were allowed of God to be put in trust with the God." That means, let me tell you, every man of God you see, God already trusts him with the gospel. God, so it's not left for us to pray, such that. Look at what he says. So that we will not please men. Do you know that? There's a subtle lie with this thing. Every man of God wants, every man of God wants to serve God, wants to do the right thing. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes it's difficult. It can be difficult for the person. Because he has his own emotion. He has the thing he's thinking. He's looking at the face and saying, ah, he, he has his own battles. He has his own everything. He says, Paul was talking about pleasing God and not men. So, why should we pray for a man of God? We should pray that God will keep his heart so that the heart of our pastors, our cell leaders, will be sincere and true to the service of God. Look at what he says. He says, even so we speak, not as pleasing men. Ah, that I may not please men as I preach. Oh. Ah, and you know that's what you should pray about too. That in your cell meetings, because you two you are pastors, in your cell meeting. In your different, you are not pleasing the people. You are pleasing God. We it our hearts. So why will you pray for your pastor? You will pray that God will keep the heart of our pastor sincere. I don't know if you. I don't know if you don't want. I don't know if you want your pastor to be sincere. 
I'm going to follow your pastor to be sincere. Let me see. Uh-huh. So that his heart will be true in the service of God. Look at it, verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 and 18. Look at what Paul said, verse 17 and 18. It says, For we, brethren, being taken from you in a short time in the presence of your heart, endeavored the more greatly to see your face. It now says, in verse 18, Wherefore we would have come again, but even I, Paul, once again, but what? Satan in the doors. Ayah. Ayah. Paul talked about being in that. Why would you pray for your pastor? You will pray so that our pastors are not hindered by demonic forces. Why would we pray for all the cell leaders in supernatural community church? Why would we pray for ministers of the gospel across the world? So that they are not hindered by demonic forces. Are you seeing it, Virgin? Look at it in first Timothy, first in that same Thessalonians. Look at it, that same Thessalonians, verse 3. Look at chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Look at what it says. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. And sent Timotheus, our brother, the ministers of the minister of God, and our fellow laborer of the gospel of Christ, to establish you, to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by this affliction. For ye yourself know that we were appointed thereunto. And I says, For verily, when ye were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it should pass, it should come to pass, as ye know. Paul was talking about their sufferings and tribulations. Why would you pray for your pastor? We must pray so that pastors are strengthened to endure persecution for the sake of the ministry. So that they are strengthened. So that they are strengthened to, to endure persecution for the sake of the ministry. Now let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3. 2 Thessalonians 3. Do you see that? It seemed like he was begging. First letter, he begged for prayer. Are you seeing it? Second Thessalonians 3. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. Let's read. Everybody, you're not there. First, Second Thessalonians 3. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have a free course and be glorified even as it is with you. In a sense that we may be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. For all men have no faith. He says, finally, brethren. That word finally is from the Greek word loipon. L-O-I-P-O-N. L-O-I-P-O-N. And it means henceforth. From this point. Finally is, you know I used to tell you, the Bible is not as English as you think. Finally is, does it mean, oh yeah, in conclusion. You know when they say finally now in English language today now? It means in conclusion. That's not what he was saying, no. It means that henceforth as i was saying from this point all word i i don't know if you are getting what i'm saying that's what he used put your hands there to go back to first Thessalonians 4 first Thessalonians 4 when he says furthermore then we beseech you when he used that word furthermore that word furthermore is like in addition that is what i have been saying 
Are you seeing it? So that means he was talking, that's the same thing with that finally. First thoughts. So, in that sense, pray for us that the word of the Lord we have a free course. I beg you, I want you to listen to me, everybody. That word free course, that free course, course is what treasure. T-R-E-C-H-O. T-R-E-C-H-O. It means, that's the word course. It means rapid run. Rapid run. To run for something to be quick. To run for something to be quick. That's why he puts, that's why you see what he now says. Is this that he may have a free course and be glorified? Even as it is with you. Look at what he now says. He now says that we may be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men, for all men has no faith. He says we should pray for the word of the Lord, that he may, be, he may have a free course. That means, when he says it will have a free course, it means that the word of God will go on in that without stoppage. It will go free. You know, it's like saying you pour a water to a to a sliding place and you just expect the water to slide, but something blocks it. I many of you get what I'm saying? On in that. So, why should you pray? Look at what he, look at what Paul was saying. Look at what Paul was saying, and I want you to pay attention to me carefully. We've talked about the local church, that the local church is important at 2.42, at 2.47. We've talked about pastors. We've seen a little bit of the reasons why we should pray for the pastor and pray for him. But look at something. Why should you pray if the message can have a free course on its own? Look at so I, I mean if I've observed that thing. He says, pray for us that the word of the Lord may be glorified. May the word of the Lord may have a free course and be glorified. Ah. We will pray for the pastor. But in that sense, we should pray that the word of the Lord will have a free course. So why should I pray? If the message of God should be is the look at what people used to say. She be is the message of God. She be is the gospel. Men will hear it. No matter what, is the gospel. Ah. No. It is beyond. <laughs> it is beyond having a sincere desire to preach. It's beyond pushing the word, pushing the word out. Put it, you know, you can put it on Facebook, you can put it on Instagram, you can put it on Snapchat, you can put it on everywhere. That's gimmicks. That's no, I'm not saying it's wrong, go, but some people can strategize and say, let's just put it there. They are not praying. The world will hear. Let's as fast as people can hear the five minutes audio. Boom. Short clip, beam, short this, lose illustration, do this and that. The word of the mm, that's not what Paul is saying. No. He says we should pray and be prayed for. We must pray and be prayed for. Because not all men we have faith, number one. That means if I don't pray, look at what look at I want you to listen to me, everybody. If I don't pray. The message will not have a free course. That means, now let me put it in simple terms. That means the word of the Lord will not run. So, why has the word of the Lord be in that? People are not praying. So, listen. 
if we can pray for pastors, eh, there will be nothing stopping the entire Rochester and the entire New York to be filled with the gospel because the word of the Lord on their lips will run. If I'm making sense, let me see your hands. We said free cause means wrong, unhindered. Are you seeing it? So that means, look at what it says. You know, we know we said finally doesn't mean in conclusion. It means henceforth. Brethren, pray for us. The word of the Lord may have a what? An unhindered flow, right? A run and be glorified even as it is with you. That means your prayers is paramount to how men will receive the gospel. You are going for outreach. You are going for all evangelism. You have desired increase in your fellowship. Are you praying that the word of the Lord will run? Are you praying that the word of the Lord will have a free course? You are saying, I gave him SoundCloud. I gave him uh, Spotify. I gave him uh, Apple Podcasts. I gave him even the May. He's still not growing. Are you praying that what your pastor is preaching, we have a full course? We have a run in their lives. Are you praying that? That would run. That that of cross is what churchill. It means rapid run to run to be quick. It means to put something quick on in that. Why will we also pray? Because he told us in verse two that we may be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. For all men has no faith. It's not all people that are in the world that have faith. Some people want to attack your pastor. Some people want to see. It's not even some people. The world that we live in right now, the social media world that we live in, it's like they are, they are on the edge waiting for the mistake of one pastor. That they are just looking like, oh, where's the next? It didn't used to be like this about 10 years ago. I know it has always been like this. I would like to say it doesn't used to be like this. It has always been. But now it's even more worse. With the days of YouTube podcast, people with this one now, now you know everybody's having everybody's starting a podcast and just get a mic. Everybody's just speaking to a mic and a couch. That's all. All you just need to do is enlighten your sitting room, get a couch. They will sit down two hours with your matter, evaluate, <laughs> start it from the genesis of your life to the revelation. Even the even the part you have not gone to in your life, they will take you there. You will sit down, podcast. They will sit down comfortably, sipping coffee over your life. They are just waiting for one mistake. Oh, no man has not faith. Oh, it's not all men that have faith. Not all men are like you. <laughs> Some are waiting. Oh, yeah? What did he do next? This means if we don't pray, the message of the Lord will not have a free course. The word of the Lord will not run. So that means, look at me, I want to give you one advice. When you are in a place and you want to preach the gospel, don't rely on your words. Mm -mm. I've always said this over the years. Rely on the power of prayer. Don't rely on your oratory speech. Don't rely on, <laughs> I have the knowledge. <laughs> I know the Greek word. I know the Hebrew word. It is lepanyo. 
It is Lasagna Lesotho. It is so catizo. Jalapeno, jalapeno, habeno, pepero. <laughs> you had dissect, you see, the Hebrew word is the zozozo, muzaza, gordon. That's not it too. It's the power of prayer that does it. So in praying for the message, we also pray for the messenger. That means the minister of the gospel will be because what if I don't pray? Somebody say, what if I don't pray? What concerns me? What if I don't pray? Look at what will happen. That means the minister of the gospel will be vulnerable to wicked and unreasonable men. He will be exposed to wicked and unreasonable men. As good as the minister of the gospel is praying, is, does Paul not have a prayer life? Because a minister of the gospel must have a prayer life. Oh, the minister of the gospel must not even learn to rely on, you, on the prayer of people. That's not what a minister of the gospel must do. So Paul had his own prayer life. <laughs> he said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. But in that seem as though, if you don't pray for him, something will go wrong. Because that's the truth. That means, as much as the pastor is praying for himself and having his own prayer life. <laughs> if you don't pray, what will happen? He's vulnerable to the wicked and unreasonable men. I don't know if you want your pastor to die early. Anybody? <laughs> Hope you know that one. Let's give an instance. I'm even know that. God forbid, though, if I die today, I'm not dying, I can't die, but I'm just saying. If I die today, oh no, something superior commission will, it will grow, but there will be a touch somewhere. Now, ah, the man of God is not there. I don't even know what I'm talking about. They'll just be like, something is missing somewhere. So we rather grow hood. And it takes what? Prayer. So we can only pray for the message because the messenger is alive. <laughs> so for the word of God to have the free flow, the messenger has to be alive to preach it so that it will run. How many of you want the, the message of your pastor to run? To run to Afghanistan. To run to Iran. Iraq. To run to where they are fighting war right now. Gaza. If you want it to run, we pray. If you want it to run to counties in this city, in this country, where you have never even heard before. Nations. It's where a prayer team. Look at Romans 15, verse 30 to 31. Romans 15, verse 30 to 31. Romans 15, let's go there quickly. 
I mean, if I learn you something, you should learn something. I mean, if I've seen reasons why you should pray for ministers of the gospel, cell leaders, pastors all over, not just even pastors of supernatural community church, pastor of ministries. I wonder if I've seen it. Yeah, we have to pray. There's a, there's a burden that will come upon many of us tonight as we pray that you will deepen your prayer life for your pastor, for ministers of the gospel, for cell leaders. You pick up a cell leader of a city and you will just be praying because you know that that person who's the key to that city, as the word of God is being taught through the lips of that person, the word of God is running. Hallelujah. For the word of God to run in New York, in Chicago, in Indiana, in Maryland, in uh, Arizona, in, in North Carolina, in New Hampshire, in uh, New Jersey, in uh, which other place? Alabama, eh, eh, New Mexico, Texas, eh, Colorado. Which other one? Which other one? The word of God will run. You pray for the pastor. You pray for the ministers of the gospel. Look at Romans 15 verse 30. I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in prayers for me. Look at it. says, I beseech you. That means I beg you. Ah, it, it seems like, this is Romans. We see First Thessalonians, we see 2 Thessalonians. This is Romans now. He's begging. Please. This take me to Acts 12. What if the church never prayed for Peter in Acts 12? Maybe they will never have been first and second Peter. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. Maybe we will never have had an, an epistle called first and second Peter. I believe if the church had prayed for James who they beheaded, he will never have died. That was why they gave us that scenario. Luke gave us that. They said, James, they bearded in the next thing. They now said, Peter, pray for your man of God. Pray for your cell leader. Don't say the cell leader, she be my friend. No, 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 no. Pray. As far as he's in a leadership position, ah, the devil does not like him. The devil does not like her. Ah! We will pray. Men and brethren, tonight we will pray. Amen. We will pray. Look at Paul. He says, I beg you, brethren. So, he, does, Paul has a prayer, does Paul have a prayer life? He does. So, you are not praying and don't think that because people are praying for you now, you two should not go and say, oh, Hallelujah. <laughs> Brethren are praying for me. Lago Shimana. Oh, so so You lie down, you just say, Oh, Zalabogodus. And you just sleep off. Say, Hallelujah. Men are praying for me. I received their prayer in glory. Oh, glory. 
So instead of you praying, say, Woo! <laughs> Woo! Glory to God! In your bedroom. Ha! You will not intensify the prayer. He says, I beg you. That you he, say, he said that you strive. Hey, yeah. He says that I may be delivered from them that do not believe and that my service. So if you want the ministry of your pastor to be accepted, what will you do? You pray. If you want the ministry of your pastor to be accepted in the UK, if you want the ministry of your pastor to be accepted in Portugal, in Brazil, in Mexico, in Jerusalem, in Ephesus, in Greece, everywhere, you want You pray. Ah, it was begging. It means that it is our prayer that we make God's will come to pass. So praying for the people that preach the gospel is as important as praying for the message. That means prayer does something to what we have in Christ. It does something to who we are in Christ. Don't think that prayer is gone. No, you will pray. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 18. Let's go back there. We we're there earlier. Hebrews 13, 18. Hebrews 13, 18. And I want us to catch burdens tonight as we pray. Hebrews 13, 18. We're going to pray for cell leaders. We're going to pray for Pastors of ministries, we're going to pray for our pastor. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for your pastor. We're going to pray. You have to learn to cultivate in your own personal prayer life. What I'm teaching you now is not just for church. It's also for your prayer so that when you want to pray, you say, Lord, I'm praying for my pastor. Ah, my pastor. You're praying. Hebrews 13 verse 18. Pray for us. Look at what the writer of Hebrews said. He said, pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience. In all things, willing to live honestly. Honestly. That means, this shows us the humanity of the minister of the gospel. This means, beyond their conscience, you still have to pray for them. You have to. He says, see, we, we want to live honestly. But pray for us. Pray. So you see a minister of the gospel turning bad, doing things he should not do. Prayer is lacking. Pray for us. Look at it in verse 17. It says, obey them that have rule. So even as you submit to them, you pray for them. You pray for those who labor over you. And this goes as far as our posture in praying for them. Our posture in prayer will be the reflection of how we value and honor them. If you really value and honor your pastor, one way to show it is not by writing post, which is good. You should write it. It's not by writing you are a gift to the body. It's good. It's a gift to the body. It's not by writing, oh, wow, pastor, you touched my life. Good. 
perfect. You should do that. You should be grateful. You should show those sincere appreciation. You should give, but you should pray. You should also pray. It shows your reflection, how you value and honor them. Because look at to the simplest detail, you are even praying for your pastor to remain honest. What a prayer. And you see, that's what is here in verse 18. That he remains honest. That he desire to do the right thing. But you must still pray for them to do it. Yet they are studying. Yet they are praying. But you must still pray for them to do it. So, are you seeing why we should pray for the pastor? I mean, if I've seen it now. If I've seen let me see your hand. Okay. Look at in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18. Ephesians 6, 18. It says, praying on this is all prayers and supplication in the spirit, watching the unto without perseverance and supplication for us. It says, as for me, that all chance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the God. You know, if you pray this for your pastor on a Sunday, <laughs> you know what we call forth for you? The Lord that my pastor have all trance. He has boldness. Imagine you pray that before every meeting. As you are praying for yourself to receive, you have also prayed for your pastor that Lord, he has all trance. He has boldness. How about that? When the word is now coming forth, and it now looks like it's only you that came to service, they're not speaking about your life. You know, wondering how what they, wow, what they service because you prayed. Because these men hold the keys to your life. Let me tell you, if you pray for your pastor, eh, if you pray for your minister for ministers of the gospel. Things will go away with you. Things will go away. Your life will be smooth. Your life will be aligned. See, we should pray that they have utterance. They have boldness. That's something to pray for your ministers of the gospel about. They have utterance. They have boldness. Look at Colossians 4. Colossians 4 verse 2. Colossians 4 verse 2. Continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Without also praying for us, that God will open unto door the door of our trust, that we may be able to speak the mysteries of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Utterances and boldness. So, we have a responsibility according to scriptures to pray for pastors as they fulfill God's plan in your life. So, because, you know, it's a two-way thing. No? I mean, let, me, let, let, me give you the, let me give you the benefit of praying for a pastor. Or for your pastor. Or for your leader. Or for your cell leader. Let me give you the benefit. It's, it's multidimensional. You know why? Because you are, as you are praying for them, you are indirectly praying for your life. Because who, will they, who are they praying for? Who, when they are praying, who are they praying for? They are praying for you now. So imagine you are praying for them that they live honesty. You know they are living honesty will make them pray. 
They only will be there to study the word and come and teach you. I don't think you know what I'm saying. They will have the right utterance and words for you part time. They will be able to minister and bless you part time. You pray. Because if they are whole in all of their lives, you will dwell in safety and sanity. You make good progress in all areas of your life. If their own life, let me tell you, if if your pastor is not okay, hmm, hey, hmm, let me not say more than that. Pray. Pray that they are delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. So, these men, they hold the keys to nations. They hold the keys to communities. They hold the keys to your life. That is why Paul said, pray for us. So when you see a signature in our meals, in our writings, and you see, pray for us. It's not just a mantra. We mean it. Please. We are, we are like Paul begging for the prayer. Are you see why Paul begged for the prayer? As though his life depends on it. Does Paul have a prayer life? He does. But he was begging for prayer because, see, if you don't pray, <laughs> let's not say more than that. <laughs> prayer is you praying the prayer. You know, some people assume and say, she be the man of God is praying. Why should we be praying for the pastor? That's the assumption that a lot of people have. Uh-uh. Why should I be praying for somebody that is already praying? Let me pray about other things now. No. It is a very vital instruction in scripture that we should pray. Pray for me as I close. It's a very vital instruction in scripture that we pray. And tonight we are going to pray. We're going to be praying for pastors. We're going to be praying for leaders, our cell leaders. And will let us be selfish for today. Or for the couple of minutes, we'll pray for our own local church pastors first before we pray for outside. All our cell leaders in different cities, different nations, we will pray for them. Because they hold the keys to those places. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Yes. So that the word of God we have quadrants in those places. The Lord will run. Pray for your pastor. I tell you, brethren, 2024 and beyond, pray for your pastor. The devil is not smiling. I told you something last year. The devil is very revengeful. This year, conquer more battles pray for your pastor pray for us brethren let me tell you you want to fulfill God's plan for your life you want God's plan for your life to be articulated let me use that word pray for your pastor 
want to understand God's word clearly, pray for your pastor. It seems like everything around your life revolves your pastor. So pray for your pastor. Pray that your pastor live honestly. Pray that he's delivered. Pray for his business. Pray for his health. If your pastor is sick, he can't minister to you. If your pastor is tired, he can't bless you. Pray for his head. Pray for his business. Pray for his natural life. Pray that whole is well with him. Pray for his relationship, supernatural relationship, natural relationship, marriage, family life, his children. Pray for him. Pray. His husband, his woman, his husband, their children, a family, a business. Pray for your pastor. For your cell leader, don't assume there's much to do in prayer. And look at how I'm able to show you scriptures. There are men like you, but they need their own God's grace is upon their life, but they need your prayer to carry out the assignment. Let me tell you, and I'll tell you this from the sincerity of my heart. Work of a pastor is not easy. It's not the work of a pastor having to think of so many things, respond to so many people at the time, having to handle this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue. Yet his own personal life is there. Having to handle this life, this way, praying for this person, praying for this person. I tell you this with the sincerity of my heart. Sometimes to pray for myself. Sometimes I used to tell myself, until maybe a big problem comes, I'll just remember, hey, let me pray. I'll tell you from my own personal. Sometimes I, I don't remember myself in prayer. Today now, I've spent hours praying and I, I could not even pray for myself. I just couldn't. couldn't. Sometimes when a big problem prayer, I'll not be praying for a miracle. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need. That's when I will remember that, oh, I have prayer to pray. Sometimes it might be too late, self. I'll not be praying for a last minute miracle. Pray for your pastor. to your lives. Hold the keys to nations. Hold the keys to the prophecies hanging over your life. Hold the keys to several things that God will have you do. Pray for your pastor. Pray for his health. Pray for his finances. Pray that all is well with him. Look at the plural of scriptures we just read about praying for them. Pray for them. Pray for the message on his lips. That the message of the sleeves will break strongholds. The message of the sleeves will break. You know when you are bringing a disciple to church, when you are trusting God for something, you are praying for the disciple, but you are also praying for your pastor that he has the right utterance to minister to that disciple. How many of you know that's how to pray? You pray. You pray that he has the right word. 
people that he lives sincerely. See, the devil is after pastors because he knows that this, he knows the stigma that will be on the hearts of people when evil reports is said about them. Pray for pastors. This year and beyond, we are going to deepen our prayer life as individuals and even as a church. Praying for your pastor will not just be a mantra. It will be an understanding. Something you have to do. Pray for your pastor. Pray. Pray. Make it a commitment. that ah, I will pray for my pastor. Every day, every week, I will pray for my pastor. Pray for the pastors of churches. Why is this pastor not eating? Why they pray for the pastor? Why is this ministry this way? Pray for them. When God wants to do something on this earth, He uses men. But many are times, those men are leaders. Those men He uses are leaders. Subtible to the enemy, subtible to their own frailty and humanity. But regardless, pray for them. How about we just pray tonight? How about we just pray for our pastors tonight? Let's be on our feet and let's pray. I want you to catch the burdens of God's spirit tonight. I want you to catch the burdens of God's spirit tonight as you pray. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. The word of God will have a free course. The word of God will run. The ministry that God has committed to his hands. your voice tonight. Let's pray. It's your voice tonight and let's pray. Deep in your prayer life tonight. Deep in your prayer life tonight. By making it a principle. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Manda brakaskosko borata pakiski. Mende bredesko pratosse telebrata kiska. Ratasha la bakatsko telebredeska te baba. Rebegade zeke telebrakeskoska paratiga. Let's 